0: I want to start reading to you tonight in John 1938, and I'm going to read through verse 42. So let me begin. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. He came and took the body of Jesus and Nicodemus who first came to Jesus by night also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloe about a hundred pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus. They bound it in strips of linen with spices as the custom of the Jews is to bury Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So they laid Jesus because of the Jews' preparation day, because of Passover, for the tomb was nearby. Jesus dies Friday at 3 o'clock. They take his body off the cross. They put embalming spices on him. They wrap him in linen and they put him in a borrowed tomb. They seal it with a heavy stone and Jesus is in the tomb and he's dead. Now, I really want to make a point here. He's graveyard dead. He's dead for three days. One of the criticisms of Christianity, one of the criticisms of our faith is, well, maybe Jesus didn't really die. You know, one of the popular words for that is called swooned. And what it means is, is he fainted. There are critics who believe that, that he didn't die, he fainted. And they put him in the tomb, and because he was in this cool, dark tomb, then somehow he was resuscitated, and he was revived. After everything he went through, and I'm not going to talk about everything he went through, he was whipped by the Romans, nailed to a cross. After everything that happened to him, the Bible says he didn't even look like a man. Listen, he was dead. He died for you and I. He died so that we could be saved. He died so that we could be forgiven. He was dead as dead can be. The Bible says he spent three days and nights in the heart of the earth to defeat death, to defeat hell. And to defeat the grave. Why does it matter that Jesus rose from the dead? It matters because you and I are going to rise from the dead. I've been thinking this week about our bodies. And some of you have young bodies. Some of you have old bodies. You know, I've got five granddaughters and some of the little ones are still in diapers. And everything they have works really well. You know what I mean? Yeah, everything they have works really well. Have you ever changed a boy's diaper before and got caught off guard? Yeah, and got an full? Yeah, right. And you think, man, there, there's some pressure there, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Do you know why it works good? Because their equipment is new. That's why. You see, my equipment is old, right? And we don't want to talk about how whether my equipment works or not. Amen. okay we're all getting older and here's what I've been thinking think about whether Jesus comes for us man praise God for the rapture If Jesus comes I'm ready but let's say that he tarries and uh he he doesn't come and I go ahead and I die okay I was thinking about how when I die then I will be done with this body in the form that it is. The body that you've been given by God. It's a good thing. It's an honorable thing. But when you lay down. When you pass away. Or Jesus comes. You're going to lay this body down. And I won't have anything else to do with this body. In it's current state. You know Vicky's mother. <clears throat> lives in Plainview. And I believe she's getting ready to have her 90th birthday. And. I was thinking about. Whenever she passes or Jesus comes, okay? I have one goal in life, and that's to outlive my mother in law. Y'all pray for me, I get it done. (laughs) Amen. But I was thinking about how when she steps into eternity, she'll lay that 90-year-old body down. and, And until Jesus comes, until resurrection morning, she'll be a spirit and she'll have a soul, which is a mind, will, and emotions, but she won't have a body. But then when Jesus returns for the church on resurrection morning, she will have another body. You will have another body, but it'll be a glorified, resurrected body. And we'll all be in our prime. See, when Jesus was raised from the dead, and I'm going to read it to you in just a minute. When he was raised from the dead, he got a glorified, resurrected body. Now, do you remember when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead? Lazarus was raised from the dead, but he didn't get a glorified body. He died again. Yeah, he, he died twice. You know, my sister-in-law has spent many years working in the medical field. And if you work in the medical field, you may have experienced this. She says it's commonplace in the medical field when people die and they resuscitate them, that a lot of times when they come back and they can speak and they're okay, they're mad. She said that there was a hospital incident one time where a a nurse came out of a room and they had just resuscitated a gentleman. And she told another nurse going in there, don't go in there, honey. She said, why? She said, because he's mad. What do you mean he's mad? He's mad because you brought him back. Okay, the Bible says in God's presence is fullness of joy. So you and I are going to be resurrected. Jesus was resurrected with a glorified body. Lazarus was resurrected, but not with a glorified body. When you and I are resurrected, we'll have a glorified body. We'll be perfect. We'll be beautiful. I'm going to even be beautiful. And I'm going to have hair. Amen? <clears throat> Let me read to you. John 20 verse 1. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. And she saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. They say conservatively the stone weighed between two and 3,000 pounds. Okay, in another place it says the angel didn't roll it. The angel picked it up. Let me continue to read. The stone was taken away from the tomb. I got to show you, it's like this. It's like the angel came and he picked it up and he moved it and he set it down. Okay, it wasn't like they rolled it over here. The angel picked it up and moved it, several thousand pounds of stone. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said, they've taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've laid him. They don't realize Yet that he's raised from the dead. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. They both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooping down looking in. He looked in the grave, looked in the tomb. I love that. Stooping down looking in. He saw the linen cloth lying there yet he did not go in. Simon Peter came following him and he went ahead and went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloth lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head that had been on the face of Jesus, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. I love that. Jesus is supernaturally raised from the dead, glorified and resurrected, and he takes time to take that off of his head and fold it. Doesn't that blow your mind? He took time to unwrap it, take it off, and fold it and lay it down. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw, here it is, and believed. I was thinking this week about the two thieves who were crucified on each side of Jesus. One believed and one mocked. That's a sermon in itself. I'm thinking, man, you know, in an Easter series, that's a great sermon. One said, Lord, remember me. And he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. The other one mocked and said, if you're God's son, get me down off of here and you too. One, but don't you think that's a perfect picture of humanity? <clears throat> one group believed, one group mocked. It says that he looked in. I love this. He looked in, he saw, and he believed. He believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he would rise from the dead. They, they can't figure it out. Then the disciples went away to their own homes. Don't you love that? They went back to the house. Hey, what's for supper? But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked in the tomb. And, said, and again, she looked. And she saw two angels in white sitting. One at the head and the other at the foot where the body of Jesus had lain. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Don't you love that? <clears throat> don't you think God has a sense of humor or something? Woman, why are you crying? She said, because they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was him. Don't you love that? Didn't know it was Jesus. And Jesus said, woman, why are you weeping? Whom, you are, see- Whom are you seeking? Don't you love that? Who are you looking for, girl? She, suppo- she thought he was the gardener. <clears throat> I wonder what he had that make her... Th- Do you have a hoe or a rake or something, right? She thought he was the gardener. And she said, sir, if you've taken him away, tell me where you laid him. And I'll take him away. Listen to this. Jesus said her name. Mary. Mary. Don't you love that? And she turned and said to him, Raboni, which is to say, Teacher. Jesus said to her, don't touch me, don't cling to me, for I've not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Now, here's what Jesus does. He goes to heaven, he goes to the Holy of Holies, and he sprinkles his blood on the mercy seat before God to pay for my sin and for your sin. Then he comes back to earth and he spends 50 days on the earth. The Bible says in Acts that he was on the earth raised from the dead for 50 days, but he's on his way to heaven and coming back Mary Magdalene excuse me don't cling to me then he says Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples she'd seen the Lord and that had spoken these things to her the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews they're afraid you know what they're thinking we're next Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them peace be with you When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples, I love this. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. I bet they were. Now, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what's on my heart. I've been doing Easter services, not as a pastor. But I've been involved in Easter services most of my life. I bet a lot of you have too. I have pictures of myself as a little boy. And I'm in my suit, man, and my hair's combed, and and I'm looking all good and sharp. And, you know, I'm like Noah, man, but I didn't have hair like Noah, right? (laughs) But I had some hair, man, and, you know, and I'm all standing there, and they're taking my picture. And it's Easter, and we're with our grandparents, and I've been doing this on and off my whole life. I bet a lot of you have too, and it's familiar, and there's nothing wrong with it being familiar. Thank God it's familiar, but here's what I'd like for you to do. I want you to recognize that this weekend is a weekend of remembrance. For you to remember what the Lord Jesus has done for you. For you to remember what God has done for you. To remember that you're loved. I was thinking about when my parents went to church, and I don't remember because I was a child, but they went to church and they heard the gospel preached. And somehow, some way, I don't know how it happened. Maybe they filled out a Vistra card. I don't know. But the pastor called our home to see if he could come by and visit. And thank God they said yes. And he came to our home. And I'm a little kid sitting on my mother's couch. And you, you've heard me talk about it many times. And I sat down on my parents' couch. And he came into our home and he shared the gospel. And I said yes to Jesus. Now, I don't know if my mom and dad said yes that day or not. I don't know. I know one of the stories in my family was that dad went to an Oral Roberts meeting in Amarillo, Texas. If you know who Oral Roberts is, they did a tent meeting, and he went to that tent meeting. So I don't know when my mom and dad said yes to Jesus. I know they did, but I know I did. And then we began to go to church. And I found Jesus Christ as my Savior. And listen to me. It changed my life and it changed my family I grew up I got married I'd been to church I wasn't perfect I'm not saying I was perfect I made mistakes I did things I wasn't always serious about my faith but Vicky and I got married and we ended up in church and I've talked about that and she heard the gospel preached and she got up out of her seat and she walked down to the front and she said yes to Jesus Christ And we begin to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, my mom and dad said yes. And then I said yes. My brother said yes. And then we begin to follow Jesus Christ as a couple. Well, then my children are introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ because we're followers of Jesus Christ. I have pictures of my children being baptized when they're young, they're small, and when they said yes to Jesus Christ. I can tell you the story of when Kurt received Christ as his Savior. I can remember when Ashley received Christ as her Savior. Then we went into the ministry. Now, we'd been in the ministry ever since the kids were little. And, and, and we, we came here to Tulia. And thank God we came here. And we started church and started having church. And then started Ground Zero. And then started Power Kids. And then my son-in-law and my daughter-in-law both came right here and heard the gospel preach right here in these services. And they said yes to Jesus Christ. My son-in-law came and got Jesus and got my daughter. <laughs> <clears throat> Amen? Amen. Now I have five granddaughters and they're growing up in church. Now they've not said yes to Jesus yet because they're young, they're little. But, but, but they're growing up in a Christian home. You know years and years ago we had uh, uh, a guy come to church and he was a guitar player and a singer and he came and sang and he did several songs and my kids were little and one of the songs that he did had a line in it and I don't even remember the song but the line went hell will not know hell will not know hell will not prevail and we went home and my kids were in the neighbor lady's house and she was an elderly lady and they were in the driveway. We lived in Plainview and and Kurt and Ashley were marching in a circle on the driveway and and they were singing, hell will not, no hell will not, no hell will not prevail. You know, she's calling the police, man. It's like, Yeah, she's calling the police. Well, now my granddaughters are singing their own songs. And one of the ones they're singing is by Crowder. You know, they're singing the Crowder songs. And they're singing uh, in their house. And I hear them singing. And we do videos of them. But the point is, is they're being influenced by the gospel. I think about Greg and Glenda Birkenfeld sitting right here on the front row. And Glenda's brother said, hey, would you care if my sister came and sang in church? This was years ago. And I said, sure, I don't care. And they came and they sang and they came to church and they didn't even know I was the pastor. They didn't think I was the pastor. Yeah, they did. there was another guy in church who's in heaven now. And he talked and he was pretty loud and they thought he was the pastor. But they invited me to their home. And I can remember I went to their home. Just like the pastor came to my parents' home, they invited me to their home. They said yes, and they let me in the door. And we talked about God and talked about the Lord and talked about the things God was doing. And Glenda was hungry for God. And she told me something I'll never forget. And it was years ago. She said, I've been hungry and I didn't know what for. Amen. But it was God. Now, every week in Power Kids, we call the kids up and pray. And we do two grades at a a night every Wednesday. We'll do kindergarten through first, second through third, and fourth through fifth. And we line them up across the front. And all the adult leaders come up and we lay hands on them and we pray over them. And one of the things we pray over them every week is they're hungry for God. That no matter where they go, no matter what they do, no matter how old they are, they have a hunger and an appetite for God. I know you have it or you wouldn't be here amen and we pray that And Glenda said I was hungry and Greg and Glenda Birkenfell said yes to Jesus and started this journey just like I did just like my parents did then their kids found the Lord Jesus Christ then their kids kids their grandkids found Christ you know Brooklyn's right up here the granddaughter singing their two sons are right back here. And it all started with them saying yes to Jesus and them letting me in their house. It happened with my parents. It happened with Vicki and I. It's happened with our kids. It happened with them. It happened with their children and their grandchildren. Listen, it's happening with you. Jesus Christ changed our lives. He's changing your life. Amen. And the day's going to come when you and I are going to be resurrected. And we're going to have a glorified resurrected body. And we're going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit and each other for all of eternity. Now every one of you in this room could tell your own story. And as I look around this room, I've been in many of your homes and I've talked to many of you. And others have talked to you. And you have your own salvation story. And I know that you do. I've had some of you come up to me and say, you know, I'm a Christian. I know you don't think I am, but I am. <laughs> Amen? I, yeah, I, you don't think I am, but I am. Amen? And I could call that person's name right now, but I'm not going to do it. Thank God. <clears throat> Listen, here's what I want you to do this Easter weekend. I want you to remember. I want you to remember the death the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to remember what God has done for me. And I want you to remember what God has done for you and what he is doing for you. He's at work in your life. He's at work in your family. And listen, folks, we're on the winning team. We're on the winning team. Amen. Amen. We're on the winning team. We are not on the wrong side of history. We're on the right side of history. I cannot wait to get to heaven. I cannot wait to see Jesus face to face. I cannot wait to hug his neck and him look in my eyes. I cannot wait to see my dad again and my mother and my brother and my grandparents and my aunts and uncles and us all be together. And I can't wait for you to be together and it all be new, it all be fresh, it all be right. And we're going to be together with God for all of eternity. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to high five each other and say, wasn't it worth it? And you know what Paul said? He said, the things you and I have been through don't compare to what it's going to be like there. Amen? Thank God for Jesus. Amen? Listen, I love you and I'm proud of you and I'm praying for you. And I'm glad you're in church this Easter weekend. Would you close your eyes and let me pray for you? Now let's just take a minute. I've got a couple of minutes and I want us to take a minute and do business with God. I know that a lot of you in this room know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I know you've invited Him into your life. I can remember when I did it. I know you can remember when you did it. But I don't want us to leave this service without giving you the opportunity. Maybe you're here and you haven't invited Christ into your life. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus Christ. And I would, I would encourage you, I would plead with you, don't leave this service without saying yes to Jesus. Don't leave this service without being right with God. Don't leave this service without settling eternity. <clears throat> All you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. We're going to pray a prayer. We're going to pray a believer's prayer here in just a moment. You know, the verses I read to you talked about Nicodemus. Nicodemus. And how Nicodemus was there at the death of Jesus. And Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Jesus said that. I'm not saying it. Jesus said, you must be born again. Jesus said it. Okay, pastor, that's great. How do I be born again? You simply invite Christ in your life. Submit your life to him. Now, with your eyes closed. If you're here and you'd say, Pastor Rusty, on this Easter weekend, I don't want to leave this service without saying yes to Jesus. Would you slip your hand up where God can see it? You're not doing it for anybody else. Hands all across the room. Pastor, I want to make sure that I know Christ. I want to make sure when I leave this Easter service, I'm right with God. Thank you for raising your hands. Thank you for your faithfulness, your honesty. Now pray with me and let's pray a simple prayer. Say, Father God. Thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for me, being raised from the dead, and paying for my sin. Come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for praying with me. Thank you for acknowledging and raising your hands. Thank you for saying yes to Jesus. It's going to be